Okay, awesome. Hey, uh, welcome to HR Nightmares. This is the podcast slash YouTube channel where we address uh, real workplace situations and nightmares with a little bit of humor and realistic advice. And I'm Lisa Leith, uh, the host, and I've got a co-host here, Beth Looney. Hey, everybody. And then our special guest today is Susan Barbie, who is Hi. the Director of Human Resources at the town of Leland, North Carolina, right across the bridge. If you've never been there, go, because everybody is going and moving there. <laughs> um, but lots going on in the town of Leland, and so we're happy to have Susan here, hey. who's got a long history in human resources. She is a true expert. She's worked in... Um, she's worked in private industry, and now uh, also HR consulting. So she's got that under wraps. She's one of us. And then she uh, recently, about two years ago, joined municipal government. But we'll let her kind of expand on why she chose to do that and leave private industry and what's going on over at the town of Leland. Why don't you introduce yourself? Well, I'm Susan Barbie. I'm an NC State grad. So put your wolf on for those ladies. You're wearing your NC State color. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I had... uh, the fun story about how I ended up being in Leland was uh, almost five years ago, I had taken a role. We lived up near Raleigh. We were weekenders in the Wilmington area where, where we're situated. And I'd taken a role about an hour and a half outside of Raleigh. And within two weeks, my husband got his dream job here. Awesome. And so I just lived in Asheboro where I worked and worked a whole lot because it was a turnaround situation. And um, two and a half years into that, my husband said, you know, I want you to come home. Like, I'd like <laughs> you to be home. And I said, too busy to apply for a job. He started helping me look for a job. And the next thing I know, I got a phone call from, hey, the town of Leland might call you. And they did. And I'm very excited. It's an incredibly progressive organization. I know that the words progressive and middle municipal government don't always strike most people, but Leland is. We're the number 12 fastest growing municipality in the United States. It's amazing. And number one in North Carolina. And um, we're poised just to keep growing. And it's an exciting time. In the two years and three months I've been there, we've added uh, about 40 people. So wow, in, your staff. Wow. in government, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a huge jump, and we just keep continuing to grow. So that's why I'm at Leland and why it's a lot of fun. Well, and um, I'm sure it continues to grow because you treat the municipality like a business, right? Tell that us is, a little bit about that. Well, um, that is a critical part of how we look at the, look at the organization. Um, we are very intentional about what we, we do. I think I would make it um, – a corollary to like Simon Sinek's conversation about the infinite game. And and as I thought about it a lot, government really is the infinite game. There is no quarter to quarter results. There's year to year and you're trying to build things very much for the long term. And so it's it's a relief in one respect um, compared to, you know, some significant um, pressures that you see in a private sector business, particularly a public business, like I have been in the past in my career, where you can build things and do them that set up over time and that your um, sense of what your revenue stream will be and what your organization can look like over that time has some degree of predictability. I don't mean it's mundane and it's it's anything like that, but you have a sense of okay, we we realize that we grow this much a year, and based on this much growth a year, we can forecast that these are the services we need to deliver, these are the, this is the human capital we need to go with that. Um, And so how do we build our current workforce or develop um, them and or start to look for new talent who can fill in those needs? So it's very exciting. 
one of the coolest things I was in a few months ago was our town manager said, you are to my executive leadership council peers, you are a great team and I think we could go run any business even if we don't know what it is. And that's his It's a great compliment for that's his huge. staff. Yeah, right. awesome. Well, and a great way to run what we do. Absolutely. Um, more municipalities should probably model what they're doing after the town of Leland. Go check them out. Connect with Susan Barbie on LinkedIn. Um, you know, the one thing that I would say, too, is about Southeast North Carolina. Dang, we got a lot going on around here. And Beth and I know working with our clients, um, we're working with everybody from film industry to construction to technology to um, non-for-profits. Everyone is hiring. If you're looking for a job and want to move to the number three inbound community in the United States, the Wilmington Cape Fear area of North Carolina, give us a buzz. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Raleigh right before Raleigh exploded because I lived there at that time. And that's, that's, cool. that's where we are. So to people who might want to look for a place to move to, this is at that moment. Quality of exciting. life is like unparalleled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And every day new things open up. So the people that live here just are enjoying all kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. Culturally, so. it's just improving economically. Lots of new businesses. Um, cool. Well, congratulations to you. Um, okay. So every time that we get together, we kind of try to draw a bead on like topic and we ask the audience for write-ins, which are always the most exciting to read through. <laughs> it's like, oh, dang, we got some write-ins this week. <laughs> um, and so I was just going to uh, pull one and see, you know, how it rings with you guys. Always like to kind of spitball on how would you coach this person if you were their HR director in the workplace? And then um, we'll see how it rolls into like reminding us of other HR nightmares that we have actually dealt with in our careers as HR professionals. So, okay, this person wrote in from Wilmington, North Carolina and said, not sure if I can ask this. I absolutely love that on a podcast called the HR Nightmares. Absolutely, you can ask it, but I need some help. Unfortunately, I found two of my employees in one of the extra rooms in our building. I have sat down with them one-on-one -on -one at different times to explain that's unacceptable behavior at work during the day. I gave them both a one-time warning. Should I have fired them? This is the first time I've had to deal with this. So it sounds like they were maybe hiding in a private room, looking to do something that was probably not professionally appropriate, and that's why this person had to counsel them. Um, I wish that we would have gotten some extra details that we could have bleeped out, but <laughs> we didn't. The whole thing is so, just so gross to me it's like you're at work just i don't know keep that at home it reminds you... me of the office with um angela and uh Dre Dre oh and yes. Dwight. It's disgusting. yes yeah nobody wants to see that well and and that's the situation that do you do you go all the way to the terminating people do you coach them have they responded to coaching that's that's where with things get tough on this right I think, to be honest, if they we don't know what they were doing. Maybe they were just hanging out, hanging out, or maybe they were all the way to doing the Wordle together. To the, yeah, <laughs> they were doing. That's what we'll call it now. They're doing. They wordle. were doing Wordle together. <laughs> um, but I think if they, let's say, they were of the very extreme, because that's kind of when I read this, mm -hmm. I thought that it was probably the extreme. They were up to something. They were doing yeah. Wordle in at work and or if, smoking weed. We don't know. <laughs> Don't we have a policy oh, for the <laughs> But I do think that if I, this is my this is my perception, you have to look at that decision making, right? So if they're making that decision at work, they're probably a little reckless. So then you're wondering to yourself too, is that the kind of person that you want on staff? Somebody who doesn't really think things through or makes reckless decisions? Um, I I I would just obviously the coaching thing, but if it's gross misconduct, yeah, I gotta yeah. go. And well, I I agree with you 100. There's also 
be, we'll, we'll leave the hygiene issues. We'll park them right. somewhere. They washed their hands when they left the room. <laughs> but the, the thing I'm thinking about is if they're that distracted. So we've got the judgment issue. Right. And if they're that distracted during the day that they reached a personal interest level that they had to leave their work wherever it was and, <laughs> and go take it, take available that I don't think they're really productive either. Right. So I, I, I think you're, you're, you're probably overpaying for that. And so maybe exactly. I, I think I would agree with you on that. Well, that's true. So like, uh, are they stealing time? Because no, well, number one, it's like, did they do it during their break? Okay. That's kind of like actually a little bit better than doing it when they were supposed to be out on the production floor, wherever they were supposed to be. Um, so then it's like, oh, oh my gosh, how many policies did you violate here? Like, were you stealing time and uh, walking away from work and distracting from getting whatever you were supposed to be doing and are paying you for? And then also like, is is any of the are either of these people like in a supervisory position because after the last five years of watching the me too movement like destroy like people's lives because people in power seats were taking advantage of their power and forcing people to have like relationships and affairs whether in or outside of the workplace like that would be another question for me as somebody in a position of power. Let's just assume no and their colleagues and they're having a, a relationship. Still, even on the colleague level, you really make, need to make sure that it's consensual, a consensual relationship. It's just best to keep that stuff out of work. And, and <laughs> during the work day. you run the potential of if somebody else walks in on them, not the person who wrote the email, do have we just had a hostile work environment? I mean, because they're now in a workplace that, you know, the Supreme Court uses that term, sexualize the workplace. Well, mm -hmm. that's playing wordles, mm -hmm. probably sexualizing the workplace. <laughs> okay. Just no one guess. will be able to play that game again without thinking of this. So I certainly won't. <laughs> um, I remember uh, at one of my jobs, we I would get like anonymous tips or whatever of um, like a, an employee going into a person in uh, supervisory positions like office, locking the door and and there was chit chat, right? Of course, all across the office about what are these people doing and why are the blinds closed? Why is the door locked? And um, it doesn't matter what your role is. If you have an office that, you know, you can close the blinds, close the door, you probably shouldn't be um, having your boyfriend, your girlfriend, even your husband or wife, let's say like you're a husband wife team that work at the same company, you probably shouldn't be um, taking private time in in your workspace. It's just the perception is just bad and leads to rumors that you just don't, why, why even put yourself in that position? One thing is funny, I've got a client that I'm working with right now and they had a big situation where um, two people started to date at the office and it's a relatively small office and they go out to lunch every day and they extend their lunch. And I mean, it's just this thing. Um, it just, it, it drives kind of a wedge between the other mm -hmm. employees there. Yeah. But the most important part is that it kind of is creating an us versus them mentality. And so they're not the team that they used to be. Right. And so we're trying to coach them through that because that's also, I mean, morale is a huge thing. Workplace culture is a huge thing. Yeah. And so that kind of, I don't know. That's what I've seen happen mm -hmm. is that it, it divides organizations. It um, makes people behave in unnatural ways. And all that great chemistry that we all work to have in our teams is damaged with that. And, and you probably can't get that back while the, Mm -hmm. Parties are still in that environment together. So consensual relationship policy is probably a good idea. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when in doubt, do you have one? Do you not have one? Just 
Google one. And if you need help, you know who to call. Um, but then secondly, um, beyond the consensual relationship is having really good sexual harassment training with your staff every single year with real like interactive kind of situations um, and talking to people about what that hostile work environment can look like. The fact that, you know, we're dating and we're making somebody else feel uncomfortable can be sexual harassment in, from like a legal standpoint. Yep. So that can be a liability for the company for sure. The other thing that I want to bring up that it reminded me of was um, just having a really uh, explaining to people, not only during their onboarding, but reminding people with some frequency that if you're using company assets, so a company computer, a company cell phone, my Slack, instant message, Teams, all of that is recoverable and discoverable. That's my equipment, right, as a company. And so if you're sending sexts or, you know, planning your affair to Myrtle Beach over Slack. <laughs> that is something that I can go and pull. I don't want to necessarily pull it, but when it gets printed out by one of your colleagues and put under my uh, door anonymously, I'm going to have to go look into it, right? Because you're misusing company assets. I'm going to have to have an embarrassing conversation with you. But just to remind folks that when using company assets, like bad jokes, political uh, memes, anything about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, like keep it off of my assets if I'm your employer. Uh, anything else like from like a technology standpoint or? No, I guess I, the only other thing I was going to mention too is that sometimes companies think, oh, we've done our employee handbook and it's like eight years back. It's a good idea to always do those every single year, you know, just to make sure you're on top. You got to update it, them. It's interesting. We do ours. Uh, about every year, if not more frequently than a year. Um, I was in a meeting yesterday with someone who was talking about policy documents, um, slightly specialized to, to a fire department, but still policies, just like you and I would have. They had policies from 1996 they found out a client, and you, you just say, the world is, you talked about me too, the world is fundamentally a different place, right. and you're Business is probably a different place year to year, so I would second that 100%. Yeah. People who are born in 96 are old enough to uh, rent a car. So, yes. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> oh, oh, that's true. <laughs> um, okay, so just generally, I mean, when should, when should you involve somebody in upper management or to this person's point, should I have fired them? Uh, it sounds like maybe they didn't have a good person to go use as a sounding board on this specific situation. When should people like us get involved or when should managers or, or employees that come across a situation like finding people doing Wordle uh, in a secret room, <laughs> when should you go find a sounding board to talk about, is this, does this violate the policy? Would this put, be a liability for the company? Like, when do we get involved? Well, it's interesting, right? Because I do work with a couple of, of companies that have um, people that date and they date very successfully in the company. There aren't, you know, doing Wordle anywhere. And they're, <laughs> they're also just, they're just really aware that they're there to work, you know, and so it's not, no one's feeling uncomfortable. I also work with um, a husband and wife team. Mm -hmm. um, and so that I are super professional, completely <laughs> professional and really support each other and create the culture that you want to be part of. Um, I think that I, I like the idea that we are around all of the consultants in the world that you could always just drop a phone call in, especially if, if you don't know what to do. There's also organizations that you can belong to, like uh, Lower Cape Fear HRA, mm -hmm. yep. and just be part of 
like a cohort of friends that are in sure. HR, CAI. Yeah, those those are all great organizations, and I and I think this speaks to um, a, even if you're a solo practitioner somewhere, the importance of building a network, right? Because everything that comes your way, you won't have seen before. It's way too dynamic for that. You know, I joke about job security because humans keep making new, different, Absolutely. amazing <laughs> things to do. But I really think that speaks to whether it's Lower Cape Sherm, CAI, somebody, that you put yourself in a position where you've got a trusted colleague that if you run into one of these, you, you want to have somebody to be able to have that conversation with. I think people in HR are just so nice, and everyone always wants to help. It seems like if I ever have a question, I can call a number of friends that I have in the field, yeah. and we kind of make some chuckles about it, but then get to get to the get to the answer. Yeah. So this YouTube channel and podcast is all about talking about stories that we would have put in that book <laughs> that HR people always want to write about all the crazy stuff that goes down in our careers. But we decided not to write a book, and we decided to do this instead because it's more fun to actually talk to people. So um, when you think about HR nightmares over the course of your career, uh, you know, is there anything fun that comes to mind that our audience would think, you know, this kind of in the same vein of um, doing something naughty at work? And, like, how did you handle it? I'm just, I'm laughing. Go ahead. You go first. <laughs> I've got a lot of those stories. So, Naughty stories. I, I have a list. I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> um, one that I had happen in my, my last role that surprised me um, was it was a very um, age-diverse workforce, which meant that I had people of all different sensibilities, um, <laughs> I, I would say, and and ethnic diversity and things too and it was in a manufacturing facility and um there were two people who um one of whom was married one of whom was not married who seemed to have found one another and they um frankly they were very discreet uh, overall they were very discreet but there was a very elderly gentleman um who worked for us i mean very elderly like i do I sped up his 50-year service award because I was worried <laughs> that something might happen. He wouldn't make it. And when I explained, I want you to attend your party. So when I explained this to him, he said, "Oh, but I've actually worked here 61 years. I left for five years and went somewhere else, and oh I had God. 11 years before. So, so he's in his late 80s at okay. this point. He was offended by this this fair, fairly discreet activity and proceeded to like." send these letters that look like they came from the Unabomber to the guy's oh, wife, oh, to me. he got involved. Wow. And when the wife That's didn't bad. get the letter, he showed up at her place of work and outed her husband's situation to all of her coworkers. And it oh, happened gosh. to be a Christian school. It was a bad... How did you handle that? Yeah. Um, well, it's it sort of, to a certain extent, after the, the, the gentleman who was involved in the relationship came to see me, after after the older gentleman had gone and outed him to his wife and said, excuse me, I need a leave of absence for two weeks because I need to try to save my marriage. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and and um, we granted him that. And then, um, unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, because he was a great employee, he had to leave our employment because his personal situation, his wife said, I don't want you to work in the same place where this woman is ever sure, again. Sure, you have an affair with somebody at work. That's the last place that I want my husband going back to is the job that he met her at. So but, I could totally understand that. But the whole Unabomber letter thing mm. was, I mean, it was typewritten a with a scary. faded. 
that would have been letters and everything. Yeah, workplace and, violence. You get worried yeah, about that kind of thing. Yeah, and well, so we, and that's harassment in itself. Um, well, he went past the woman's house, which I didn't find out until oh, later. Freaky. But he went past her house. He was like stalking to see if the guy was at her house. There so was did a lot you of, do any reprimanding to the eighty-year-old? We didn't. We could never prove it was him. Gotcha. We. Um, I think he knew we knew it was him. I think he knew that there was an issue, but because I, I could not definitively say this person with this name was, was that person who did this, um, I unfortunately could not, you know, because we had to make a decision that this was outside our workplace, even though they brought it into our workplace. It was not my favorite thing. Yeah, people just like the use use the word sensibility, which I love. It's like, do you have any sensibility? Because even as you're trying to be discreet, um, sometimes it's hard, especially if it's like an affair type situation. My example is not quite as dire. It's more just the stupidity of people. They, um, I got, I got. This is, makes me laugh. I got called in to this situation, but after hours, it, we worked with a lot of younger people, right? And so after hours, we had been at an event and came back to the office, and they decided to photocopy their mm. privates. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why not? I thought that was like really seventies. <laughs> <laughs> like, we all have phones with cameras, exactly. <laughs> and they thought that was really funny, and so it was just sort of stupid and sort of embarrassing. And I think that the next day they were mortified that somebody had to talk to them. Who found it? I think one of the people that was with them kind of was sharing, like, "Oh my God, you should have seen last night. It was oh. crazy," <laughs> you know. And I was like, that got winded up. Well, you reminded me when we were talking about How updating policies. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. No, I'm just <laughs> like, oh. Uh, updating policies and things. You know, this happens to us, too, as HR professionals. Um, I used to work for a software company. We started using our own product internally. We told all the employees that we were using internally, and it, this was a long time ago, but it tracked wherever you went on the Internet. You know, and I'd get Ooh. this report every, mm-hmm. every month or so, and, and my department always ended up in it. Because employment has men and women and things, and that was fine. But one day, they came. They brought me this re- report from this new hires stuff that he he had been with us about three months, and we forgot to add into orientation that we were using our own software in house. Needless to say, at lunchtime and at four p.m., he thought that rawsex.com was a place to go. <laughs> and no firewall. No firewall. Well, okay. this was a long time ago, so it was no firewall. And so for was us, on the wait list. <laughs> it was our it was our mistake. Yeah. Though, so. Uh. Well, well, it was our mistake. He shouldn't have been doing that, mm-hmm. but it was our mistake not to tell him that we were going to know he was doing that. So what we did is I printed. <laughs> like, I don't know. Four o'clock on the dot. I printed the policy and I slid it across the desk. And I said, hi, you may not have realized we're using our software internally. Here's what it says about it. So everywhere you go on the Internet, we already know about that. There you go. Change the orientation. But it was one of those things like. Hey, we should at least make them aware. We should have made them aware. Yeah. But, but again, that time, was a policy issue. If you're an adult and you have any level of discretion or sensibilities, like, are you really he, thinking that's a good idea? I think he was 23. So yeah. Okay. Perhaps so, like your yeah. people who they were, were young. Yeah. They were very yeah. young out of yeah. college. And yeah. <laughs> so stupid. First job. Very excited about Getting the first job. Getting crazy after work, you know. It's still at work. Yeah, it's still at work. Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah, speaking of getting crazy, like, well, how do you guys feel about getting crazy after work? 
Well, with your colleagues. A lot of places have like kegs on the job and I had I had you know customers when I was in consulting they had kegs. They had one had a full bar. You'd come in to oh, do yeah. training and they'd have they'd have cocktails at their yeah. lunch meeting and you'd be like, "Okay, well, let's do disc now." I think it's important <laughs> to always remember always remember that even though it's a social hour, you're still at work. I've worked a lot of times in nonprofit organizations and they have galas after work and you're essentially working, but you're kind of mingling and trying to make connections and having a glass of wine or maybe two, but you're still at work. You have to, you have to remember that, right? Well, and you know, your duty, if you're a supervisor, your duties and responsibilities are, are legally there too. So it's not even your preference. Right. You, you are held to that standard. So not to be the legal police over here, but it's one of those things. Do you like to go get drinks after work with I mean, do you want to get a drink after well, this yes, podcast? Well, yes, we are. <laughs> world I mean what do you think well so and I don't even know if this really works but like I usually just try to say hey this is like a voluntary um you know I either let people know this is a sponsored work event and like a Christmas party so act responsibly and kind of remind people about you know try not to get like blacked out have a great time but um (laughs) (laughs) and if you do by the way I'll pay for your uber home um so like there's that but then if you're if you're going out for like a social happy hour or whatever and you don't want to take responsibility or not paying for the drinks, everybody's kind of going Dutch or whatever, then just letting people know, hey, this is a non-work related event. Just mm-hmm. show up if you want to. It's completely voluntary. I've got an example for you guys to think about what you would do. I worked in a manufacturing plant and they were going to have a big, big party in the summertime. And it was a pool party mm-hmm. with people in Already their don't bathing like it. suits. I don't like it. But Believe we do live it. at the beach, so like we've got situations like this. So I... Did not want to see people in their bathing suits, but I didn't want people no. to see me in my bathing suit. So yeah. I said no to that, and I didn't go. And I was probably one of the few people that didn't go. It was a for- workforce. There were four women mm-hmm. and all guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but what would you think about so going great? to a b- okay? Bikini, so I actually had a party. Oh my god! Work. So uh, we used to do. There's like a water park. Uh, in town and um, the place that I used to work, the employees loved taking their families to this water park for like the summer activity. And it was very expensive to take everybody, a thousand employees and their families to this water park. I'm like, I'm not going to be there because the last person that you need at this water park is the person who's negotiating with this union. Like, I need you to take me seriously and not see me in my, you know, kind of like tight and doesn't fit great, like floral one piece. Like, (laughs) I just don't need you to have that visual while we're sitting across the table trying to have a serious negotiation. So um, I opted out as well. I think most HR people are probably not like super excited to jump in a swimsuit with their coworkers. I, 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 I think shorts would be my yeah would be my my apparel. <laughs> but seriously, living at the beach. I mean, um, for instance, we did a volunteer. We did the Special Olympics polar plunge. Oh, wow. Right to raise money, and guess what? If you're jumping in the ocean, you're probably going to be in a swimsuit. Right. So yeah, some people. I mean, we didn't get a lot of participation, so that's probably like a clue on how people feel about getting in the swimsuit at that particular company. Um, but yeah, I mean, you think about just doing beach cleanup. We're going to run into each other on the beach. Uh, I I run into people all the time out at Wrightsville, and you just. I mean, it, that is what it is. But it is having a company-sponsored event in swimsuits is a little. I thought it was. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm not super supportive of that idea. I, I think most people would be uncomfortable with that. And the and guys were thrilled. They were like, ah, <laughs> belly flop. And they had the bellies to flop. 
we, we won't even have a conversation about that kind of body confidence. I know. <laughs> Men just have it. Women are like, but, uh, but yeah. But it's interesting you were talking about that. I have a, we have a, a person who I work with, and um, she just has this real sense of taking up space, and it's an awesome thing yeah. in a young person. So what other kind of nightmares you got going on over there, Susan Barbie, over the course of your career? My all-time favorite. Oh, goody. Love it. <laughs> Get ready. We, <laughs> I don't know. We had a person who uh, was making physical gestures in the general area of his colleague. He was standing behind her. He was rocking back and forth on his feet, heels to toes, heels to toes, and his body was intersecting her back. Mm, that's like this part of his body. Criminal. And <laughs> she didn't say anything about it because she, criminally in role, creepy. In her role, she depended upon him to schedule resources oh, for gosh. her and Oh, this is your story, Beth. And and then um and she got part of her compensation was commission. She doesn't say anything, but the sales guy who sits next to her comes and goes, hey, this was gross. You know, you, you got to help. This is a problem. So we talk to her. We go back. We talk to a couple women who had worked on his team over the year or two before that who had left or had moved into other roles. We find out all kinds of Mm, sort of stuff. sort of things like he showed up at my hotel room when we were traveling and he was drunk and it was 1 a.m. Oh, he went away when I no told him to go. No one ever reported this. Nobody ever reports it. And, um, you know, in the course of this investigation, I discover in his emails and then a letter comes from the FAA that he's been removed from a plane. Oh, while he's traveling. Oh, for this work. guy is a hot mess. And, you know, the first question I am thinking is, was he wearing a company shirt? Right. Oh, yeah. Because as he's being dragged off the... Like your the branding. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, that. like, do I need to update on branding? Um, you know, and, logo. And, and so all this goes on, and you're looking, and you're like, okay, this is... This is just a problem in so many ways, but that that thing that I can put my finger on that's a problem that you've definitely done, I'm struggling. You know, I've, we've suspended him. He's, he's at home. We're still paying him. In walks the IT guy with a stack this high of emails he's printed out. This guy has been arguing online. Um, he was... He was building his home theater, and then he was acquiring AV materials for his home theater. This is when we still had DVDs, so that feels like a long time ago, and I think it was five years ago. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but he, had, he, kept say, he kept ordering porn mm. and saying that he wasn't getting it, because either he has the worst mail service in the world, <laughs> because he must have had 40 of these that he fought with people about online. The old days of porn when you had to, <laughs> when you, when you had yeah. to order it that way and not download it. Anyway, but he would <laughs> say this, that he didn't get it, and he, he... But he was using his work email. But he was using his work email. About his deliveries. And, and literally was a situation that I could not fathom how he was doing his job at all. There was this right. tremendous volume of it. So, so what did you do? He left because he was misusing company assets. Okay. Yeah, but mm. it, but it's one of those things like you're just like you start pulling this thread. I don't right. know if you guys have ever had this. Mm -hmm. Like, well, there was this thing, and I never told anybody, and this thing, mm -hmm. and then the next thing you know, we've got somebody 
who's really a bad actor. Um, and nobody wants that, and yet nobody's been willing to go, hey, we, we got a problem. Why here. do you think that is sometimes when people, when there is a bad actor, like in that example, why do you think sometimes people are reluctant to kind of share that? Do you think that it's they're self-protecting their job, or is it the culture that the, that the, the office is in? Don't want to get into it. Like, don't want the drama. Don't want to be involved. Maybe it was just, like, one instance. Maybe I'm being sensitive. Maybe I did something wrong. Um, you know? Do you think it's HR's responsibility to kind of break that? And if try you have to, an HR yeah. person, for sure. I mean, what I was thinking as you were saying this is, like, how terrible would it have been if he showed up to that hotel room and raped that person, it, right? So, like, for somebody to not speak up and say, hey, I really don't like it when so-and-so, when Joe, like, you know, rubs up against me from behind when I'm doing my work at my computer. He's done it a couple times. It's not a super big deal. I just want to let somebody know because he's being kind of creepy. You probably would have, like, gone and done your investigation and found out sooner that he was being creepy, and then maybe some other women wouldn't have, like, had to experience the creepiness of this guy and, and it was and the hotel was, room thing is like it was horrifying good. honestly and and i had that same thought lisa is what if he had assaulted someone right and then we've got you know this woman's life would have taken a, a turn in, in a way because this person and and we would never want that to happen to this person well he probably I mean, knew what he was doing right he wasn't doing anything like so super super gross it was just like a little tiny bit gross right um so uh, you had told the story on the on one of the last couple podcasts about like the guy asking you for a back rub um so i could get out of extra filing if i just <laughs> gave him a back rub i was like man i draw I like the line <laughs> I, I was like filing is my favorite thing to do. i definitely had a couple of engineers giving each other back back rubs at one point I had to tell them ixnay on the back rubs it was you like would, you know i was the back rub police i do think it's funny because i do do this um sexual harassment training that i've i've done mm -hmm. and it's interesting because sometimes it's like oh it's everyone's the creepy guy after but it's there is so many opposites where it's like the woman or you know a, a woman harassing another woman. I mean, it's it, harassment knows no boundaries. Mm -hmm. and I think ultimately it's about people exerting power over the other person, um, even more than it is just about natural human attraction or or behaviors. It, it really is about asserting authority. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I use this example a lot, but. I don't remember where this was, but it was a national food chain and the manager had kind of like a, their exploits like posted, like, you know, how many people each person had slept with. And this, and, <laughs> and this person was, a, a work good. Score, she was a work her, yeah, so she was in her forties and this younger success metrics, this younger <laughs> kid, like a teenage kid said that he was super uncomfortable with it and his parents got involved and they, they, they sued the company, but it was a company that people would really know. It's a recognizable company. And you think, surely they would have things in place from a HR standpoint or from a management training standpoint, but that would I guess prevent people from thinking that's appropriate thing having to do. Having a store core card well, and every weekend they would update their scorecard. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting. I was, I was launching a new program at, at work yesterday and I was talking to the people who were participants. And I was saying, most people manage, though, based on what they liked that they've been exposed to or what they swore they would never do to another person. And we, as business, we frequently make the mistake of this person was a great employee. 
they're going to be a great supervisor because they really understand the work. And I don't know if you guys have this experience about having worked in technology. There are people who are great employees, and they should never be responsible for, for another sure. human being. That's <laughs> every industry. Yes, it doesn't matter how small, how big. Yeah. Yes, there are individual contributors who should never move into management positions. And if they do, that is our number one liability, like as business owners and as HR professionals, is just leaving those frontline managers untrained. So especially as it relates to inappropriate behavior and identifying that and having good constructive conversations after you see somebody rubbing up against Beth or <laughs> knocking her hearing through somebody else that, you know, I knocked on her door, you know, drunk while we were on a work trip and you didn't like it. Like training your managers on, hey, I heard this thing. I should probably go address it. What's the best way to do that? Um, a lot of people just say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about that because it's too hard and I don't know what to do with it. And is it really a big deal? They didn't complain. Um, yes, it is a big deal. If you are a manager, you need to address things that pop up and feel like a yellow flag or a little bit icky. That's your job. You're getting paid the big bucks to be a manager. And if you don't know what to do, go find your HR person, go find the most senior business leader that you can talk to, that you trust, find a mentor, maybe even outside of the company or call people like us happy to help and and I would say to you if you have never called somebody like this having I can say this because I'm not in this profession now but yeah. I've done that is it's a great thing it can be a force multiplier for your business really in a in a way that people don't appreciate cool thanks well thanks for being here I mean any other comments guys sex in the workplace woohoo HR nightmares. <laughs> Total <laughs> HR nightmares. Well, all I will just say is remember that you've got the people who are the, the afraid because they don't want to whine and the people who whine all the time. And so it wouldn't be HR if it wasn't a new and exciting day. That's right. I love it. This is HR Nightmares. Thanks for tuning in. Where You can watch this on YouTube, Leith HR Group, HR Nightmares Playlist. We're also anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. So go check us out. Listen to the full episode with Susan Barbie. Susan, why don't you tell the folks that are listening where to find you, um, both on you know your personal profiles and and where you work. Well, Susan Barbie, town uh, town of Leland, human resources director. You can find me on LinkedIn, of course, at Susan Barbie. Um, you can also email me if you have any questions. Sbarbie at townofleland.com. That's the best ways to get up with me. And right. thanks so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, please connect with Beth Looney and me, Lisa Leith, on LinkedIn. Follow Leith HR Group on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook. And don't forget to check out Work Talk, our very own Leith HR Group technology. It's mobile employee check-in app. You need it. It's too cheap. You know you don't talk to your people enough anyway. So go check it out, worktalk.com. <laughs> thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.